Secret Beast by Amelia Wilde The Beast hides a dark secret in his past. Leo Morelli is known as the Beast of Bishop's Landing for his cruelty. He'll get revenge on the Constantine family and make millions of dollars in the process, even if it means using an old man who dreams up wild inventions. The beauty will sacrifice everything for her family. Haley Constantine will do anything to protect her father, even trade her body for his life. The college student must spend 30 days with the ruthless billionaire. He'll make her earn her freedom in degrading ways, but in the end, he needs her to set him free. Secret Beast is a new full-length novel from USA Today best-selling author Amelia Wilde about revenge, family secrets, and the redeeming power of love. That's Secret Beast by Amelia Wilde, live today. Hey, lady listeners. Welcome back to another week of Read Me Romance. Hey, we're back again with Kay Webster and Step Scandal, your full-length romance book this week. Uh, we're going to get to that in just a little bit, the other half of this audio book. And we'll tell you more about what Kay Webster's got coming up and what to get and all that good stuff. But I want to talk about a show I watched on Netflix over the weekend, and it cracked me up. It's called Buried by the Bernards. Have you heard of this? No. It is a black-owned funeral home, and the, it's a family that owns it, and they are ridiculous. It's like, so apparently this uh, is it's called R. Bernard Funeral Home. It's a real place in Memphis, Tennessee, and it's like a reality show. But they got famous. I think their their video has like millions of views, their original one. But they were, don't they give you like a discount on the funeral? It's like, like they call it like the, the wait, 19, is this real? Yes, it's real. Oh, it's okay. like, they call it like the 1985 package or something where it's like, they talk about how cheap they can make your funeral. Oh and my stuff. God. And like in the video, in the YouTube video, you can go look it up. The grand or the uncle is, it's like the old uncle, his name's Kevin. He's like, he's laying in the casket and they're pretending to have a funeral and they talk about how much the funeral costs. And he sits up, he's like, say what? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's so funny because they're like making fun of it. And it's like, they're so over the top and you can tell some of it's scripted, but it is so funny. It's a dad. He's, and he has two daughters and both his daughters work for him. And then his mom works for him. And like she, the way she talks is so mouthy. She's so Southern. I fucking love this mom. She's like, I'm the one doing all the work around here. I'm doing this. I do this. Y'all ain't doing nothing right here. I do everybody's job. Y'all take too long for lunch. And she's in there like working her crossword puzzle and like fucking around and like just goofing off. I tell you, this show fucking killed me. So one of the episodes, they go to look for a new hearse. And I never really like thought about the process of like buying a hearse. But the guy that, that owns the funeral home, the dad or whatever, he goes and he takes his older uncle Kevin. It's his mom's brother. I want to guess. Do what? you know the price of a hearse? No. Oh, that, I, well, you- I mean, you find out. I think I think he says. I want to guess. Yes. I'm gonna go guess. ahead. Yeah. Guess. It's. Well, I'll tell you, it's not brand new, but it is a Cadillac. I'm gonna guess forty two thousand. I think he paid sixty two, and they they bargained. They like bartered down to that. Like yeah. they they thought they followed out because Kevin, the uncle, he's like, let me take this thing for a test drive. Let me, let me take it for a test drive. And they're like, okay, and so the the salesman like gives him the keys, and they go riding around. He's like. I think I want some wings. <laughs> I, want some, I want some ribs. So they go through like this barbecue place. They go to the drive-thru in this hearse. That's not theirs. And they get like chicken wings and ribs and stuff. And they're eating in the front. They're getting barbecue sauce off everything. And then they take it back to the car dealership. Like, you don't have to give us a discount. This thing smells like barbecue. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so dumb. But it like, we laughed and laughed and laughed. It is so damn funny. And it's kind of morbid, too, because recently, and also my grandmother's funeral, I I have a friend of mine who is, she works at a funeral home. She does embalming and stuff. She went to school to learn how to do it. 
we actually like uh I used to work with her sister that was how we met but I find that that whole like career to me is fascinating like how does one get into this if your family has nothing to do with it I mean it's one thing if it's like a family thing and it's generations of it and this is just what you do but no a friend of mine like she just got into it I don't know how the fuck I happened but anyways so I talked to the funeral director at the when I was at my grandmother's funeral and I was like she knew my friend I was like, oh, I have a friend. She was like, well, there's not many women. I know most of them around here. And I was like, oh, I guess so. Yeah, so let me ask you. I said, do you guys do a lot of black families like here? I said, because that seems to be like, I've never, in all my years, my family has always used the same funeral home. I've never seen a black funeral there. And she said, you know what? She said, it's something that's still really segregated. She said not, she was like, I don't know that it's on purpose. She said, but she said, families trust certain funeral homes and she said and she was like white families trust these funeral homes and black families trust these and she was like she said I find it really interesting too she said in all my years doing this she said being at the the Dillard's funeral home that we were at she said I think I've only seen like two black families that have done their their funerals there she said it's mostly like when you think of funeral homes she said most of the time it's word of mouth she said, you don't see a lot of them advertised. You don't, like, shop around for prices. She said, you go to one and that's it. And I was like, yeah, I never really thought of it that way. And so it was so ironic that I was just talking to her about that a couple of weeks ago. And then this show with the Black Funeral Home comes on Netflix. And they talk about the same thing. They were like, you know, we offer discounts on funeral homes. Like This one guy came in and he was, you know, doing a funeral for his mom. And he was like... I can't afford this. I can't afford this. And the mom was in there and she's like, we got you. She was like, I'll give you. She was like, you can have the flower packages. Like, we'll do this. We'll cover the gravestone. Like, all this stuff. Like, she was taking stuff off because she was like, she was sitting there and she was saying, you know, he broke my heart. She said, you know, nobody should have to worry about that when you're burying a loved one. Nobody should have to think about that money. And she said, but from a business side, she said, he'll, she was like, we'll give him this discount, but he'll bring us five more. And she was like, because we did this for him. And she said, she was like, that's just the business side of it. She was like, but the compassion in me won't let him leave knowing he can't afford this. And so I just really love that, you know, like seeing it's such a, maybe it's morbid. I don't know, but I find that whole, like, she, I mean, somebody says it on there. They're like, it's, it's job security because everybody's going to die. Like, you know, it's an industry that will be around forever. And so it's really fascinating to me, the process of it, just like the ins and outs. Maybe because I was obsessed with that show, Six Feet Under. Did you ever watch that? Yes, on HBO? I watched Yes. That. God, I was obsessed with that show. Maybe that had something to do with it. But, oh, my God. If you've got Netflix, go watch. It's called Buried by the Bernards. I, tell, I have not laughed so hard. It was a hoot. And I love his daughters and and how he is with them. They're so sweet. And, you know, one of them's pregnant in it. And he's talking about his grandbaby. And he always getting older. And it's just, it's so sweet. I loved it. It just, it warmed my heart up. So, have you read anything good lately? That's my other question I got to ask you. I actually, because Fiona Davenport released a new book in the Love series. And it's been a while. I think there's like seven books. So I went Holy back. shit. Yeah. I cannot, can you imagine writing seven books in a series? I went back and I read them all Damn. from the beginning. I read all seven. Because I got trapped out of my basement because contractors are here. I was like, I'm just going to read. And I oh, read they're fixing all- the fire. How's, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt your book story, but how's the how's the repairs going? They're going. I think they're done painting and they're going to lay the floors today or tomorrow and the next day. And then they're going to come in and touch up the paint on Sunday. And I think they're going to be done. I'm so sorry. You were saying that they were painting and they couldn't open windows because it was so fucking cold out. And I'm they like, were like, can you turn the heat up? And I was like, what do you think I'm conserving heat here? <laughs> it's negative 20 outside. <laughs> I haven't pumped up. I know, right? And like, I never thought about the fact that like, oh yeah, they're going to come paint at your house. I didn't think about the fact that you couldn't open your windows. So you're just huffing paint fumes all day. Yeah. Oh my God. Please tell me you went and lived at your parents' house. Uh, I did. During the day, I would go over there sometimes. Oh, okay. Do you take the cats? Yeah. <laughs> I take them with me when I go places. Oh, like a little It's almost mobile. done, though. But I will say, as a pain in the ass as it's been, 
it looks really nice seeing everything repainted and like new and fresh. Yeah, yeah. Because it looks all brand new now. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is nice from when the kids tore it up. <laughs> well, just, you know, start a fire every 10 years. <laughs> you get a new kitchen. All right, so I'm sorry. Go back to Fiona Davenport. Oh, so, so I was reading the Love series. series. It? It's called Love okay. Series, Fiona okay. Davenport. I just love this series because the whole series is like the same thing over and over again. It's a hero. <laughs> he sees a girl and he's like, I want her. I'm going to get her pregnant and keep her. And there's always an age it. gap. And so the whole series is just heroes you know what in you're pursuit. Get. Yeah. yeah. It's these heroes chasing these girls down. Oh, I love that. It's so safe. Didn't it feel so safe? Yeah. So I devoured them all. Oh, my God. I can't believe there's seven books in that series. Jeez. I know. I think it had been a while. That's why I went back and I, of course, I owned them all, but I had to go back. I was like, damn, this one's like three or four years old. Mm-hmm. So I think they just randomly do it. I finished the Moxie book and I have a Kerrigan Burn book that I'm going to read, but the Moxie book was great, by the way. I thought it ended really well. I can't wait for the show on TV to see how different it is. But I know, I know I talked about it last week, but definitely go check out. It's by Jennifer Matthew. I, I'm not saying that last name right, but it, it looks like that. But anyway, so I finished that. And then A Court of Silver Flames hit my junk. And I just haven't been able to really. I, it's so. Sh- okay, so this book is 750 pages. Like, it's not lightweight at all. This is a heavy hitter. And I I read a ton of heavy hitters last year. And I didn't anticipate doing that. I was not prepared to do that, but I did. And so I got into that series, A Court of Thorn and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. And this is the newest book. And I there's part of me that doesn't want to read it. Why? You know what I mean? Like, because... I know it's going to be probably at least a year, if not more, for another oh, book. Yeah. And it's 750 pages. Like, I'm, like, I'll listen to, like, half a chapter, and then I'll stop. And then I'll listen to another half, and then I'll stop. I keep having these moments where I stop because it's, like, it's so good. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, the characters, like, you're back in the world again. And it's almost like... it's like being a kid and if like you went and saw Santa like you get up front and then all of a sudden you don't know what to say you're like "Uh, uh, uh," like uh, you had your list ready and then the moment came and everything went out of your head that's how it feels almost like I'm so excited to get this book in my hands and I'm like I don't know if I can read it I'm so excited I have a friend that on her DVR she's had a show that's ended like years Mm -hmm. ago and she hasn't watched the last two episodes because she's like, I just, uh, it'll be over. And there's episodes have been on her DVR for years and she's never watched it. Oh, no. You know, I, my old boss, um, excuse me, when I worked in accounting, she wouldn't read the last Harry Potter book. She refused to read it. And I was like, uh, you're not going to get a spoiler <laughs> or something. And she was like, she's like, I don't ever want it to end. Yeah. And I was just like, I cannot imagine that level of control to not read it. You know, like, I want to know what happens in this book so bad, but I don't want to rush it. I want to enjoy it. You know, I really want to savor it. And I I feel like I am. Like, when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, it's so good. But I'm only like seven chapters in, you know, like... There's probably like 400 chapters in this fucking book. I should look and tell you how many locations because that'll mean something to you. Even if it's like 750 pages. Let me look real quick because I'm curious now what it would say on locations because I know like you'll tell me like, oh, this has only got like a thousand locations. It's fine. I can read it tonight or whatever. This has 11,350 locations. That's about the size of a Fifty Shades of Grey book. Are you serious? There, Fifty Shades are not that long. Really? Yeah. I think they're like 10,000 locations. S- Damn. I didn't realize they were long. That must now be I'm like going to look. I don't even know how I remember that. Because I can't remember the last time I read that book. You know, that was, I think that was like the fourth book I ever downloaded on a Kindle. I had gotten a Kindle. I had, got, I had gotten a cruise reader for Christmas. And that was, but that was the thing before Kindle. And so I downloaded um, Sydney Landon 
Weekends Required. That was the first dirty book I, I ever downloaded. Series. Yes. That was the first dirty book I ever downloaded on my Kindle. And then I read like three or four Sydney Landons. And then I read Fifty Shades. And then I read New Species. In that order. Like that was how I, that was how I started romance on, on an e-reader. Does it tell you on there? No, I can't. It's not pulling up on my phone. Or on my I bet you'll have to. Hold on. I have Fifty Shades of Grey. Hold on. I have it on here. It's going to pull it up. Let's see. It's got. Doo, 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 doo. It's got. Oh, it's a, oh, that's page number. Hold on. You have to like make it change to that. Oh, it has 14,000 locations. Yeah. I knew it was a lot. <clears throat> How is that book? Like, is that book really that many pages? Holy mm-hmm. fuck. It's pretty thick. Damn. And there's three of them. I just, I never really thought of it being that much. So, yeah. So, the first one I have on here is Sydney Landon's Weekend Required and then Bella Andre. <laughs> oh, my God. The, what is it? The Danvers series? Is that right? The, Bella the Davners? Andre. No. I can't remember. The else. Bella Andre. The Sullivans. It's the Sullivan series. Oh, my God. Those were so good. And then Jamie Alden. Till St. Clair. Damn. Oh, man. these This is bringing back some memories now. The Shadowlands. Shadowlands, wow. yes. That's some old shit right there. Yeah. That's some, that's some 2012 stuff happening. <laughs> oh, my God. So. Oh, I can't remember what I was going to say. I'm reading now. I just got it on my Kindle because... Danny Watt was supposed to release a book like weeks ago, and I kept checking her Facebook because she hasn't updated, and finally she released the book. I think it's because it ended up being really long because I opened it, and it was like 3,000 locations today. Yeah. It's called Dear Diary, but it's like a daddy little book. And like even on the first page, it's like he sees her, and I'm like, it's already going down. (laughs) Yeah, so I have that. I have the A Court of Silver Flames. I'm going to be on it forever. Like, I, I don't, I'm going to be on this for weeks. I know I will. Oh, but, um, so I actually, I was going to tell you, too, I haven't written yet today because I made my kids do all of their schoolwork today. They have work today and tomorrow. They close the school for inclement weather. It's just, it, it's closed it, tomorrow, it, too. Yeah, well, they're they're virtual on Fridays normally, but oh. it was closed today for for flooding, just for the rain. It's just so much rain that we can't handle it, anyways. So, because tomorrow morning I'm taking my kids to my parents' house and they're gonna stay the weekend. Yes. So I like I'm so excited. Like I told them before bed, and they were just like, oh, "We're gonna go to Papa and Libby's!" Like they were so excited. I packed up. They they help pack their luggage. Like they're ready to go. I was like, "You guys really want to get the fuck away from me, don't you?" <laughs> like, it's just something different. I know. I think that's point. what it is. They were like, "Can we go in the pool?" I'm like, "It's 30 degrees outside. No, you can't go in the pool." So, um, so yeah, they just associate that with my parents. I would have been like, I dare you to go in the pool. (laughs) Uh, My dad said that. He was like, you can go put your foot in it. Sure. Go ahead. See what happens. Come back limping back with frostbite. But, um, but yeah, I called or text my mom today. I was like, hi, can I leave my kids with you this weekend and never come get them? And she was like, are you okay? (laughs) That's what she replied. I was like, I said, well, I had therapy this morning and um, my husband's had like a pat the past two weeks have been really tough with him for work. Like he's worked 60 hours the past two weeks and it's just he's not sleeping. He's working all the time and I'm left at home with the kids, you know, to to pick up that stuff and, you know, to hold on to that end of the house. And it's like we're both not seeing each other. It's just been really hard really really hard especially the past two weeks and so I was telling her today I was like I just don't know how to be a supportive partner right now because all I want to do is complain like I just when he comes through the door I know he's he's been gone since you know eight o'clock in the morning he comes home at eight o'clock at night you know he's he comes home and he still works he was up till almost four in the morning last night on his laptop he got like two hours of sleep you know, and it's like, I, but I want to bitch at him like, when he comes home. Like, and when he walks in, I just want to be like, I had to take out the garbage today. <laughs> you know? like, and it's so unfair. Like, it's the bitchiest thing to do, right? I know. And, I don't know. It just, it feels nice to complain sometimes just to be able to say it. 
I know, but who am I going to complain to? The kids? They're just like, what? I'm on, what? I'm on your nerves? Huh? <laughs> my daughter came in my office today when I was like, like in the middle of trying to like organize, like we're doing a bunch of giveaways this month and I had to figure out, all right, who's getting what? And I need to mail packages and all this crap. And I'm like, okay, I have to schedule this stuff because I'm taking them, you know, to my parents' house tomorrow. And she comes and she's like, guess how many layers my skirt is? <laughs> I'm just like, I don't care. But I can't say that. And I'm just like, how many? And she's like, 12. Let me show you. <laughs> she's got them like four tutus. And then she just starts counting the layers. And then she miscounts and she has to go and do it again. And I'm just like, I'm going to pull my eyeballs out of my boots. <laughs> like, I'm just melting with anxiety about, you know being a mother <laughs> so so my mom was like are you okay and I was like let me tell you what's going on <laughs> so but I was talking to Ashley my therapist today and I said I just want to know how can I be a supportive partner without complaining and she was like I think you guys really need some alone time and she was like and ask him if he can take the day off she was like tell him that you need him to and I was like okay and so I told him, I messaged him this morning. I was like, can you take the day off tomorrow? And he's like, I can try. Why? And I was like, I'm going to take the kids and my parents. He's like, yeah, I can get the day off. <laughs> I was like, okay. So, and so it was funny, like on the call with my therapist, she was like, I think you need to do this. Doctor's orders. And I was like, okay. Do you have any no. plans? Or are you just going to chill at the house? I think we're going to go to Charlotte and either stay the night there or something, or we're just going to maybe just go out to dinner or something. I just just be alone. And I, I'm actually taking the dog to the kennel. <laughs> like, we're getting rid of everybody. The cat can stay. <laughs> but, like, the dog's going. I don't want any – I don't want to take care of anything all weekend long. So – I'm looking forward to that. It's, you know, and I feel, I still feel guilty doing it because I know not everybody can do this right now. You know, not everybody can get a break, but I'm just saying, man, if you need one, find a way because it's just like grinding away at it. Dude, it's not worth it. sometimes. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's just the past couple of weeks, especially, it's been really hard with, you know, my husband. I feel like we switch. I feel like I go from having a hard time to to not being able to manage things, and then all of a sudden, I'm okay, and then his shit starts, and I'm like, it reminded me of a fight we had a few years back. We had, we lived in New Bern, North Carolina, and they have, um one of the highest rates of power in the state. I don't know what it is, but they're what they charge residents in the city. They charge like some exorbitant like rate. We got a power bill and I mean, we just lived in a regular house. It was like $700. I mean, we didn't have like a pool or a water leak or anything. It was just like, eh, that's just your power bill. Like, and it was like the third or fourth one. And it was in the winter time. So, I mean, we'd been using the heat, but it wasn't like the windows were open. <laughs> like, yeah. it, you know, it, but it was, it, that was one of the biggest things when we moved there. I remember we went to see that city before we moved there and we went downtown to a restaurant, this place that made fudge. And I got some and I was telling the girls, like, oh, we're looking to move here. And she was like, don't live in the city limits. She was like, if I can tell you anything, don't live in the city limits. She was like, you won't be able to afford the power. And I was like, she's stupid. You know, and I'm like, meanwhile, later, we can't pay our bills, you know, where it's just like, oh, shit, we're broke. We can't afford this. We had to move. I mean, it was it was awful. But yeah, I remember we were both so upset about this power bill. Like we were in the kitchen and Kevin's going off and I'm going off. And I was like, and I just looked down and was like, wait, 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 wait. I was like, we can't both be mad at the same time. You be mad right now. And I even said that. I was like, you be mad right now, and then I'll be mad in a minute. Go. <laughs> and I was like, I had to listen to him, like, get mad. And then he was like, okay, your turn. And I was like, da -da 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 -da. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I feel better. <laughs> it was like, but we both recognized, like, we both can't lose this at the same time, you know? That's amazing. And it's, it's so true in a marriage, though. Like, I think that's one of our biggest strengths is that we recognize you we both can't lose our shit together so you know that's that's kind of how we've been dealing with this pandemic is we're taking turns having mental and emotional breakdowns that's what i'm saying 
So it's his turn this week, and we're going to get rid of the kids. Sounds awful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to that, and I'll tell you all about it next week. So let's get back to it uh, with Kay Webster this week. I know we talked about um, earlier this week, she has a book that's up for pre-order. It's called Shift of Morals. It's coming out on March 26th. The pre-order up is now. The pre-order is up now. Um, it's on Amazon and it'll be in KU. So go check that out. And also this is called Step Scandal. You've listened to the first half already on Tuesday and we're about to play the second half for you. If you didn't hear it last week, make sure you go enter the giveaway for Kay Webster. She's either doing a paperback or a gift card. I don't know which dealer's choice. So we're going to roll the dice and see what she does. So I guess we'll let you listen to the second installment and we'll see you on the other side. Chapter three. He didn't tell. Somehow, I made it through a quick dinner with Dad and Nora, without Lucas blurting out what happened. They were too busy reaming me for punching Wayne to notice if Lucas was behaving strangely or not. I could barely keep the food down, and when I was dismissed, I hightailed it to my room. After the world's longest ice-cold shower, I dry off and throw on a pair of gray sweats. I'm an idiot for my outfit choice. Everyone knows girls go stupid over V-muscles and sweatpants. Add in several chest tattoos and a charming fucking smile, and there's no way Lane will be able to keep her eyes off me. Which is why I should put on a shirt. Lock my bedroom door. Avoid Lane all weekend while they're gone. I've never been one to do as I should. A quick peek at the cameras on the security app tells me Nora has gone back to work and Dad already left with Lucas. Where's Lane? I toss my phone on the bed and exit my room on a mission to find her. I've convinced myself that it's because we need to talk about the kiss. I'll be the big man and explain to her it was stupid, that we can't ever do it again. Blah, blah, fucking blah. Then we can get back to normal. I follow the sound of her singing some Carrie Underwood song she's done for pageants in the past, and find her in her bathroom. The steam from her shower lingers, and she's changed into something meant to torture me. Tight white camisole and the smallest pair of red cotton shorts I've ever seen. Her ass hangs out, and I'm not fucking complaining about it. Hey, she greets me, leaning toward the mirror to rub in her moisturizer. Did they leave? Yep. I walk up behind her, focused on her now makeup-free face that's slightly red from scrubbing it in the shower. Her blue eyes dart down my chest in the reflection, lingering at the way my sweats hang low on my hips. I'm not built like a brick house like Jenkins, but I'm fit. Years of skateboarding and running have given me a leaner, but still muscular build that girls don't seem to complain about. Problem is, there's only one girl I want. The few I fucked to rid my mind of the torturous thoughts meant nothing to me. It was always Lane, from the moment I laid eyes on her the first time her mother brought her over. You forgot your shirt, she murmurs, her cheeks reddening even further, this time nothing to do with her shower and everything to do with me. I thought you liked looking at my tattoos, I tease, flashing her a crooked grin especially the new one I got on my dick. I pretend like I'm going to pull my pants down and show her, which earns a snort laugh from her that would have her losing cool points by the hundreds had she done it at school. My resounding chuckles have her shaking her head in frustration. Her eyes are lit up with delight, though. Need help? I step behind her and rest my head on top of hers. Need me to rub the moisturizer in the hard-to-reach places? So much for behaving. She rolls her eyes in a dramatic way. No, go away. Nope. I'm going to be glued to your hip all weekend. You promised. Her teeth bite down on her bottom lip as her blazing blue eyes meet mine in the reflection. I try to see myself through her eyes. I'm the dark to her light. The devil to her angel. Bad to her good. But despite that, 
she seems to like me anyway. After our kiss in the kitchen, I think it's safe to say she's attracted to me, too. I may not be Jenkins, with a thick neck and square jaw, but I know I'm good-looking enough to land someone like Lane Hunt. Problem is, you're not supposed to fuck your sister. Step. Wanna talk about what happened? I ask, unable to meet her stare. Instead, I toy with a damp strand of her hair that's come loose from her messy bun. The breakup? Arching a brow, I do meet her gaze this time. That's old news, Highway. I'm talking about your stepbrother's tongue down your throat. Her brows furrow, and her bottom lip slightly pokes out. The pouty look on her face fucking kills me. I crave to scoop her up, carry her to my bed, and fuck her until she's all smiles again. Right. She lets out a heavy sigh. That was probably a mistake. Probably. Neither of us seemed to believe it. I stroke one of my sore knuckles up along the outside of her arm, and then continue my trek over her shoulder. When I reach the strap of her cami, I tease my fingertip beneath it, needing to feel the soft skin there. Her breath hitches at my gentle touch. If they found out we kissed, everything will be ruined. I frown, absently tugging the strap aside so I can see her skin there. I'm okay with fucking up everything in my life, but not this. Not you. With my eyes searing into hers in the mirror, I dip down and kiss the newly exposed skin on her shoulder. To my utter satisfaction, I can see the hardened peaks of her nipples through the white fabric. What I wouldn't give to suck on each nipple until she was sore and whimpering for relief. You're right, she breathes, her voice slightly shaking. I can't lose you either. Neither of us makes any move to separate. If anything, the air around us crackles with anticipation. Both of us are tight like rubber bands, pulled taut and ready to release. I feel like the limits of my self-control have been tested today. First the kiss, and now this. With no moral supervision, it's as though we're in our own little world and can do what we want. Who's going to tell on us now? I drag the camisole strap down her arm, fixated on the way the material peels down away from her bouncy tit until her pebbled nipple is exposed. My hand finds the strap, and I pull that one too until both breasts are showing. She can't be much bigger than a B-cup, but they're the most gorgeous tits I've ever seen. Is this okay? I rasp out. Tell me it's not okay, and I'll stop. Carter, it's okay. Our eyes meet again in the mirror. Hers are burning with such unmasked desire it makes me falter. No one has ever looked at me the way she is right now. Besides the attraction she feels for me based on her wandering eyes, heaving breaths, and parted lips, I also see love shining back at me. Because she's your sister, dumbass. Step. My dick isn't turned off by our relationship. If anything, I'm harder and more eager to explore her. Because I shouldn't. Because she's off limits. And when something isn't meant for me, I absolutely want it. She turns around, bringing her perfect tits to press against my bare chest. My eager hands find her ass, lifting her up and setting her on the bathroom counter. I'm desperate for a lot of things with her. But right now, Tasting her sweet nipples is at the top of the list. Once we start this, I rumble, tenderly running my thumb over her peaked nipple. It'll be hard to stop. Who says we should stop? Society? Our parents? The law? It's not like we're blood, she argues in the feisty way she sometimes gets when she feels passionate about something. Like me. Aren't you worried Miss Hawks County's crown will be tarnished when everyone learns she's been fucking her brother? She gasps, crimson blooming across her chest like a hazy red cloud. Step. 
They'll conveniently leave that part out when they plaster it all over the front page news. That won't happen. It will. It won't happen because no one will find out. Her palms slide up my chest as she explores my body. I flex my pectorals, loving the feel of her hands as they test the strength of the muscles. Her fingertip brushes along the road that's inked into my flesh. Thorny rose bushes line the pavement. Someone already did, a reminder. Lucas saw our kiss. No one will know about this, she whispers. It's just for us. Her blue eyes snare mine, and she bites on her bottom lip. Tell me what this tattoo means. You've told me all the rest, but not this one. Sliding my hand into her hair, I tilt her head back so I can look down at her, my lips inches from hers. It's the only path that makes sense for me. Path? Lane. As in road? Or as in me? Smart girl. It goes right over my heart. Just like you do, pavement princess. Her smile undoes me in a way nothing else can. I capture her lips again with mine, this time not worried about getting caught or whether or not it's a bad idea. Right now, it feels good. Really fucking good. Chapter 4 I would die for this girl. I knew the day she walked into our living room the first time, a pageant pretty smile on her face, that I would do anything for her. Protect her. Cherish her. Love her. I just didn't realize then it'd be because she'd become family. Over the years, I felt that same sense of protectiveness over my new stepmother and stepbrother. But with Lane, the feelings continued to evolve. Best friends. Thick as thieves. Two people as tight as can be. What I never expected was to fall hopelessly in love with her. I've been in denial, of course, because I knew she'd never reciprocate. Things changed, though. It's like a light switched off for the both of us. And now we're bathed in the same wicked, inky darkness, clinging to each other as though it's how it should be. How it always will be. I kiss her deeply, non-verbally making promises to her with small grunts, nips of my teeth, and urgent thrusts of my tongue. Her mules and the way she claws at my shoulders tell me all I need to know. She craves me like I crave her. The need is so intense, neither of us can deny it. Eager to taste more of this forbidden perfection, I peel my lips from hers to trail kisses along her cheek and to her jawline. She gasps when I suck the flesh on her neck near her ear. I make sure to do it again, harder, so it'll leave a mark. Watching her walk around with a purple bruise made by my mouth for all to see, including our parents, is too much of a temptation to ignore. Once I've seen to it that she's properly marked, I kiss her collarbone as I kneel between her spread thighs. You're so beautiful, Lane. I use her real name because it's important she understands how serious I am in this moment. About her. About us. It's the realest thing I've ever known. So are you, Carter. I suck a nipple into my mouth as her fingers thread into my hair. Each time I nip at her tender flesh, she whimpers, and the tugging of my hair is painful enough to make my eyes sting. I'm ravenous as I devour her tits, learning each freckle and mole. I have this obsessive need to memorize every detail about her. Just in case. In case they find out. In case I'm kicked out. In case I go to jail. In case she grows bored of me. Whatever the possibilities that lie ahead, I want to be prepared. I want to sear the memory into my brain and my heart so that I never forget. I kiss my way down to her stomach, licking at the belly button ring there. It was one of the rare times she got into trouble. We'd gone together, of course, me being the bad influence and all. 
I was hard as stone as I watched the guy pierce her tight skin. Afterward, she sat beside me, distracting me as I got part of my sleeve worked on. Two peas in a pod, my sister and I are. Step. I need to taste you here, I growl, biting her pussy over her shorts. I fantasized over it for so goddamn long. Yes, she croaks out. Me too. A groan tumbles out of me as I hook my fingers into the top of her shorts, pulling them off her body. Her fresh, soapy scent floods my nostrils, and I ache to dirty her up with me. Where she's pure and untarnished, I'm like the Black Plague, infecting everything in my path. But not her. Never her. She might get tainted by me, but I'd never hurt or ruin her. I'd die before I let that happen. Once I've divested her of her clothing, I rub my nose against her pussy, reveling in her unique scent. Lean back, I command. Spread open nice and wide, so I can see what belongs to me. She gasps at my filthy words, but obeys because she's a good girl. As soon as her cunt opens like a silky rose, one glistening petal at a time, I lose my mind. I need to taste her, to bite and suck her, to fuck her. My name is shrieked from her lips when I dive in, going straight for her hot button. I suck her tiny clit, loving how she bucks, her head bumping against the mirror behind her. I'm starved for her sweet, honeyed taste and attempt to suck every drop of it from her needy body. With each lap of my tongue, she grows more and more crazed. Her fingers claw at my scalp and rip at my hair as her heels dig into my shoulders. It doesn't take much effort before she's screaming out her orgasm, her entire body quaking from the release. I barely give her a chance to come down from her high before I'm pushing my sweats down and kicking out of them. Her hooded eyes meet mine, gleaming with anticipation. I grip my aching length, smacking her sensitive pussy a couple of times, to give us both this moment to reconsider what we're doing. I need you inside me. Her breathy plea obliterates any moral confusion I had. I'm lost to the animal inside me that's eager to claim and conquer what's mine. Pressing the crown of my cock against her slick pussy lips, I meet her stare and grin. You're even better than I imagined. I ease into her tight body, overwhelmed by the pleasure that consumes me. By the time I bottom out, I'm seconds from blowing my load like a fucking loser. Jesus, Lane, are you trying to kill me? A sexy smile teases her lips. Move your hips, Cart, or I'll be the one dying around here. I pull back, obsessed with the way her arousal coats my dick. It's hot as hell seeing us united in this way, my thick cock nearly purple and throbbing with veins and glistening with her desire. Fucking has never felt so all-consuming. Before, it was a need to fulfill. This is something else entirely, something I can feel in my bones and my nerves and my motherfucking soul. Fuck, 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 I chant as I thrust into her again. I fucking love you. I don't embarrass myself further by blurting out more stuff she may not be ready for, and instead chase those words with a claiming kiss. Each time I thrust into my sweet stepsister, she whimpers and begs. Her nails will leave scars on my skin at the rate she's going, but it's the memory that'll be gouged into my heart forever never to be forgotten. Knowing I'm going to come at any moment, I reach between us to finger her throbbing clit. I want her coming around my dick before I'll even consider letting go of my own release. Because she's so sensitive, it only takes another few circles of my finger before she's losing control again. Oh, God, she cries out as her body milks my dick. The constant clinching, like a slick fist around my length, has me shooting out my release without warning. Hot and plentiful, 
I fill my sister with my cum. Step. As my cock twitches, draining the rest of my orgasm into her, I fixate on her pretty parted lips, so plump and pink and mine. I kiss them with such reverence, the moan that escapes her sounds more like a sob. I love you too, Carter Brightly. This isn't two best friends claiming these words. Not two siblings. Step. No. It's two lovers. Soulmates. I reluctantly pull out of her body as my cock softens. We're both quiet as my cum runs out of her and drips onto the bathroom rug. We didn't use a condom, I whisper, running my fingers through the wetness as it leaks from her body. I should have been more careful. We'll be more careful next time. I'll get on the pill, or we'll use condoms, she assures me with a beautiful smile that warms me. Now, I'm pretty sure you promised me a movie night. I grab a washcloth from the cabinet and then wet it. Cleaning her and taking care of her fills me with a pride I can't even describe. It's just something I feel down to the very essence of who I am. Like I was put here on this earth to do just that. Take care of her. Make love to her. Keep her. Once we redress, I scoop her into my arms and carry her back to my room. We may plan to watch a movie, but something tells me the moment we get into my bed, things will change. We turn off the lights and start a thriller on Netflix. This isn't like our other movie nights where we cuddled and laughed and played. This one is more. So much more. Because instead of focusing on the movie, we're homed in on each other. Our lips can't seem to leave each other, the hunger only growing in intensity, rather than being sated. I'm back inside her, this time donning a condom, before the end of the movie. We're insatiable. Now that we've taken a bite of this forbidden fruit, neither of us will ever get our fill. Finally, exhaustion wins out. I cradle her naked body against mine, burrowing my nose in her hair, allowing myself to enjoy the most perfect girl in the world. I want to stay like this forever, she murmurs, mimicking my own thoughts. We'll figure out a way. Promise? For you, I'll promise you the world and make good on giving it to you. This feels like a dream. She yawns, and her breaths even out. I kiss her shoulder and try not to let worry creep in on our perfect moment. If our parents find out, the dream will be over, and the nightmare will begin. Even then, I'll find a way to keep her. Chapter 5 Saturday morning cartoons are a whole lot more fun when your sister gives you a blowjob during the commercial break. Step are you seriously laughing at my blowjob skills? The arched brow and furious glint in Lane's blue eyes has me chuckling even harder. She sticks her tongue out at me. I reach up, stroking her cheek. Babe. Don't call me that, she grumbles. You hate that word. I do, which makes this whole thing even more comical. Your blowjob skills are exceptional for a first-timer, I praise noting the satisfied smirk on her face. I'm just thinking about how much more fun we could have had over the years had we done this too every Saturday morning. She rolls her eyes, but now that she realizes I'm not making fun of her, she slides her plump lips back over the crown of my cock. Her mouth is fucking sensational. When she told me she'd never given head before, not even to fuckface Jenkins, I was happy as hell. It means her pretty mouth has only been dirtied up by me. Flip around, Highway. I want your ass in my face while I fuck yours. I flash her a devilish grin that has her returning mine with one of her own. Once she crawls around backwards, straddling my face, I give her cute ass a playful smack. She yelps, but then goes back to sucking my dick like a fucking pro. I grab onto her hips and pull her to my face 
so I can taste her sweet pussy. The groan that rumbles around my dick when I lick up her slit sends ripples of pleasure rolling through me. I grab a handful of her ass cheek and squeeze. It's mind-blowing to me that I finally have this girl. I'm afraid I might blink and wake up alone. All of it a cruel dream. But the things she's doing to me are real. She moans when my tongue teases her asshole. My brain supplies me with a vivid fantasy of taking her here one day, too. There's so much I want to do with her. Not just sex. Everything. I want to run away with her. Get our own place. Build a life together. We might be young, but not once have I ever wavered in my dedication to this girl. She's mine. She always will be. Even if I lose everything and everyone else in the process. Lane's moans as she orgasms are addictive. I want to capture the sound and make a playlist. I'd listen to that shit all the damn time. She works some miraculous tongue magic that has me bucking my hips up. Her throat constricts around my cock as she gags, the slobber running down my shaft, and her hot breath tickling me is enough to send me over the edge. My release shoots into her waiting mouth like a geyser, powerful and explosive. It's messy, and a lot runs out, but she does her best to swallow it down. What she misses, she greedily licks it up like it has the power to fill her up and nourish her. I manhandle her back around to face me. She snuggles her naked body against mine, kissing my pectoral and running her fingers along the sweaty grooves of my abs. It'd be great if we could stay like this forever. Thunk. Did you hear that? She sits up, frowning at me. Hear what? Maybe a door closing? Your mom works all weekend, I remind her. Dad and Lucas won't be back until tomorrow. Thud, 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 thud. Someone's in the house. I yank the covers up over us, just as Lucas bursts into my bedroom. His face is red and tear-stained. Fuck. Hey, bud, I choke out. Everything okay? He sobs, burying his face into my hands. Lane jumps out of bed, throwing on her clothes and pulling Lucas to her. I yank on a pair of sweats before joining them, ruffling his sweaty hair. You can talk to us, Lane says. Did you get hurt camping? Did dad get hurt? Are you in trouble? He starts crying harder, nearly tackling me as he hugs my waist. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't know. Whatever it is, it's okay, I assure him. It can't be that bad. Carter? Dad. Holy fuck. He sounds pissed. The thuds pounding up the stairs are hard and fast. By the way Lucas is crying and clinging to me, my protective instincts flare to life, even though it's just Dad. I turn slightly, shielding him from Dad's wrath. But when Dad bursts into the room, his fury isn't for my stepbrother. No, it's aimed all toward me. You sick son of a bitch, Dad roars, storming over to me and grabbing me by the bicep. Your own sister! He snaps his head toward Lane. And you! What the hell are you thinking, goddammit? Enough, I snarl. Don't talk to her like that. Dad releases me as though I disgust him. He runs both hands over his dark hair, his green eyes burning with rage. You've ruined everything, Cart. Everything. How could you? How could you do this to our family? I'm sorry, Lucas whimpers. I didn't mean to tell him you were kissing, Lane. Dad paces the floor, unable to erase the look of contempt off his face. Lane cries behind me, clinging to me and Lucas. I want you out, Dad spits out. I want you out of this house. All you do is fuck up, and I'm sick of it. You cross the line, and I won't stand for it. Dad, please, Lane begs. He has nowhere to go. Don't make him leave. It's my fault. No. I hiss at her. It's not your fault. I fucked up, and I'll deal with the consequences.
You didn't do anything wrong. Except love me back. I don't want Carter to leave, Lucas cries out, tightening his hold around me. Dad, don't make him leave. I'm sorry I ruined our camping trip. It was an accident. I didn't mean to say it. Lane and Lucas are both sobbing hard now. My chest aches and my throat is tight. Dad's eyes are red-rimmed with tears, his bottom lip wobbling. I'll go, I tell him, my voice raw with emotion. Let me pack some clothes. Dad's face crumples, and I feel like shit. I'm a destroyer. I break things. This time, I broke them. Everyone I love. Fuck. If you make him go, I'll hate you. Lane threatens. I'll go with him and never speak to you again. Dad's eyes squeeze shut. I can't talk about this right now. He storms off, slamming a door somewhere inside the house. My entire body is shaking, and I feel seconds from puking. I've lost it. Everything. Her. The cat's out of the bag. And boy, does it have fucking claws. In my perfect dream world, no one got hurt. Lane and I lived happily ever after. Not this. Not all the tears and heartache and pain. I have to go, I choke out. No, Lane and Lucas shout at the same time. Yes, I state, my voice firmer. Call me later and let me know how things are going. I'll stay at my friend Deacon's house. It shreds my heart, but I manage to untangle myself from two of the most important people in my life. Lucas hugs Lane, murmuring how sorry he is. I hate that I did something that would make him feel as though it were him making the mistake, and not me. This was all me. Lane would have stayed away had I not flirted relentlessly and made my love for her so painfully fucking obvious. I deserve to be punished for it. The worst punishment, though, involves losing everyone I love. I'd rather go to fucking jail. It's a little after two in the morning when I'm shoved into the back of a police car. By my own stepmother. I never made it to Deacon's, instead sneaking into a local bar and getting shit-faced. Someone must have recognized me and tattled, because as soon as the bar closed and I stumbled outside, red and blue lights flashed. When Nora frowned at me in a way that reminded me so much of Lane, it felt like a knife to the chest. I broke down, fell to my knees, buried my face in my hands, and sobbed. I can't lose them. Life's not fair. Rather than shooting me like she probably wanted to, Nora loaded me in her car. The silence as we drive is worse than her yelling at me and telling me what a worthless piece of shit I am. I lean my head on the glass, clinging to all the memories of home that I can, because home is no longer a place I'm welcome at. I expect to go to the police station, but Nora drives me to the house instead. As soon as the car shuts off, she sighs. It's motherly and sad. The pain in my chest is even more excruciating. I suck in a lungful of air, trying to breathe. It doesn't work. Seconds later, Nora is scooting into the back seat beside me. She pulls me to her and strokes my hair. I cry, soaking her uniform shirt because I'm losing a mother again. Breathe, honey, Nora whispers. Calm down. I try and follow her breathing until I'm no longer hyperventilating. When I can speak, I murmur out apology after apology hoping she'll somehow forgive me for shattering our family. Carter, baby, I need you to listen. I nod, swallowing down the sob in my throat. I'm listening. Your dad, Lane, and I had a long talk while you were gone. She sighs heavily. There's no other way to say it. It's downright scandalous what you two have done. I squeeze my eyes shut, leaking more tears. Is Lane okay? She's fine. Worried about you, though. 
said a lot of stuff she didn't mean. Knowing Lane is fighting with our parents because of what we did makes me sick to my stomach. Dragging Lucas into it and disrupting his world makes me feel even worse. I'm the worst kind of person. A cancer inside our healthy family. Hurting everyone around me. Once your dad calmed down, he was able to think rationally again, Nora says, kissing the top of my head. He doesn't want you gone, honey. Nobody does. Hope flutters inside my chest, but I'm not stupid. There's no coming back from this. We've decided that this is your chance, she says softly. You can either step up and be the man I know you are, or you can continue to act like a reckless child. But if you love Lane as much as she loves you, then you're going to have to show us you're ready to grow up. I love her, I whisper. I always have. I know. But I love you and Dad and Lucas, too. I don't want Lane to have to choose between us. I just want her to be happy. If I need to join the military or get out of town, I will. It'll kill me, but I'd do that for her. For all of you. You're not going anywhere, son. You're staying right here, with us. You're both still in high school. And though you're each 18, I don't think it's fair to push you out into the world because of this. I don't want to lose my children. Not over this. My heart stammers in my chest. What are you saying? I'm saying, she says with a heavy sigh, that if you think the two of you want to be together, then we'll allow it. Under our strict supervision, if you can pull your grades up and stay out of trouble, we can talk about the future. I don't want you blowing up your life any more than you already have. But if your dad and I refuse to let you see each other, you'll find a way anyway. We'll lose the both of you. This is the way for us to keep our children. I sit up, meeting my stepmother's eyes. I love her. I'll do whatever it takes. We don't have to figure it all out tonight. Tonight, I want you to get up to your room and sleep this off. Tomorrow, we'll look at it with new eyes and tackle it as a family. Nora helps my drunk ass out of the car and into the house. Once I'm tucked in my bed, I pass out almost immediately. It isn't until a warm, familiar body sneaks into my bed later and hugs me tight that I realize maybe everything is going to be okay. With Lane in my arms, how could it not be? Cart? Yeah, pavement princess? We're going to show them, aren't we? Damn straight. One day, we'll all look back on this and laugh. Like when the town finds out and it's splashed all over the news. She snorts out one of her cute, unladylike laughs. I hardly think we're newsworthy. I can see the headlines now. Miss Hawks County marries delinquent stepbrother. Marries, huh? I find her lips in the dark. I knew I was going to marry you the day I saw you. It's not my fault Dad moved in on your mom before I had a chance to tell anyone. You were twelve, she teases, giggling. When you know, you know. We're going to get through this, Cart. Together. You're not alone. No, I say with a smile. I have my best friend, my girlfriend, and my sister to get me through it. Step, she sasses. And you're such a smartass. You love me, Highway. I sure do. Don't you ever forget it. This has been Step Scandal by Kay Webster. Narrated by Matthew Maddox. Welcome back. Hi. Wasn't that super sweet? It like <laughs> ends with a nice little bow and everybody's happy. I love it. I love it. That her books are the best that way. Oh, I'm gonna ask you too, is the um the Cold Queen, is it a series? I don't think so, I no. Didn't, Okay, all right. I just ordered the one book. I meant to ask you that early if I needed to order more than one. But it's I'll got you know. incredible epilogues too. Oh, I yes. love good epilogues. 
Yes. Okay. You know what, though? I've gotten so, like, spoiled with the way we write our epilogues. When there's not one in a book, I get angry. Me too. I'm like, I'm like, what? What the fuck are they doing? You just ended the book. How do we know where they're at in 20 years? <laughs> Give me that. I read an author's book the other day. I was beta reading it. And I was like, where's the epilogue? She's like, I took it out. I was like, put it back in here. Get <laughs> back here and put this epilogue in. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. All right. Well, up next week, we've got Jenny Evans with a brand new full-length audio book. It's called Destined. So you guys can look forward to that. So that's kind of exciting. We actually have several full-length audio books for the next one, two, three, four weeks. So I know. So for the next month, you're going to get full-length audio books. I think one of them might be a repeat from season one. Oh, it's from Dylan Allen. So yeah. So we'll have to go, we're going to go back and play that one that's been previously played, but the other three will all be brand new full length books. So like I said, we've got Jenny Evans next week with Destined. Um, be sure to follow us everywhere on social media, enter giveaways and all that good stuff. So join the newsletter, join our headquarters group in Facebook. I think that's it. I think that's everything. Tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance.